Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for today, a day of gathering, a day of worship, a day of adoration as we've already sung to you. Lord, you are worthy of our praise, our honor, our glorifying to you. Lord, thank you for your son. This is the season for the coming of your son that you have willingly give, given us and sacrificed for our sins. Lord, please be with us now as we read about uh, your word, from your word, about the promise, the coming of the Messiah that you promised so many years ago. Lord, help us to learn from this, to renew our faith in it, and to praise you and worship you as a result. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. <clears throat> this is the second Advent Sunday, and Carter has started, oh, I'm not Carter Singer, by the way, I'm Alan White, it's in your bulletin there. Um, and so um, Carter um, participated, is that right? I wasn't there, but he participated and officiated the wedding of uh, Haley and James yesterday, last night. Yeah, so we give him a break today. And so he, he doesn't want, we don't want to overwork him, right? So praise God that, that uh, we have a new family, new beginning of a family in our church, and we praise God for that. So um, I will be preaching out of um, Genesis 22 today to carry on in the, uh, what Carter is trying to do in Advent. We're not talking about just the immediate events leading up to the birth of the Savior, but we're talking about a fulfillment of what was promised in the beginning to Adam and Eve, that there would be an enemy, a savior, one who would crush the head as, uh, of the serpent of the devil, as Carter preached last Sunday. And so we're carrying on that today in the, the next step of the promise uh, in the person of Abraham or through the person of Abraham and how a particular incident or event really stresses the, uh, why Jesus came and what Jesus was doing uh, in his sacrifice of himself uh, for us, coming as a babe and then later going to the cross for us. So we're going to look at this uh, event. We're going to read here in just a minute. And we are going to look at the faith of Abraham, as, we, as is usually done in this passage. And, but we're also going to look especially at Isaac as a foreshadowing of Jesus as the potential sacrifice to God or for the people in a way. And so we're going to look at uh, Genesis 22 I'm going to read it in ESV here because that's what you have on the screen. Is that right? 
Good. So I'm going to use this old magic box here. And uh, yes, Jonathan, I can read this. It's amazing. I don't have, yeah. <laughs> okay. Please stand in the, for the reading of God's word with me. This is Genesis 22, 1 through 18. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. <clears throat> then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand, the, the fire and the knife, in his hand, the fire and the knife. So they both of them together they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. This is God's word. Be, God. Please have a seat. Now I'm going to use my Bible, my study Bible, which is NIV, for the sermon, which is, it's still God's word, believe it or not. So it should be blessed by him. I don't have the time to go through this whole thing with you. I'm going to rely a lot upon your memory of this event 
and this reminder that you just read about what exactly happened and how it happened and so on. If I went through all of that, we would be here for an hour. And uh, some of you, I know, don't want to be here an hour, right? So at least hearing a sermon. So we are, we are going to kind of go through that quickly, and we'll get to focus on Isaac and a comparison between Isaac and Jesus. And what does that mean for this Advent season? I have always been fascinated by the story of Abraham. From the day that he, was, he met God or God came to him and said, leave your, your family, your father, your mother, your sisters and brothers and so on, in Haran and go into the land that I tell you. And then he started a journey with God, the friend of God, is the way it says in Chronicles and in uh, other places. Abraham began a relationship with God that developed over time. Now, when up to the point of this extreme, I say extreme because I can't imagine doing this myself, um, point where he was willing to sacrifice his son because God told him to. Now, you may say that leaving his father and his family and his mother and so on, his family back in Haran, was a big deal. But I've preached this before to foreigners uh, who have come to this country in the school that we had for a number of years that we taught at. And I told them, I said, to you, that's not a big deal. It was a big deal, but you did it anyway. So Abraham's not the only person in history who has left his father and his mother, his homeland, his own country, and gone to another country to live. Pat and I did it, right? So, I'm not saying it wasn't a matter of faith or that it was an example of faith, because it certainly was. But it was not the example of faith that would be required of Abraham later. And so, Abraham slipped here and there. We know about that throughout the years that he had. He, didn't, he wasn't as patient as he should have been. I mean, who waits 100 years to have a son, right? But, but he, he, had, he tried his own way, you know. He, he lied in so many things. But God was faithful to him. God gave him his promise at the beginning. Now, we're talking about a promise here. We're going to focus on that. Because the promise that God made to Adam and Eve to provide a Savior who would save them, mankind, all of us, was carried on and given to Abraham in a very special way, a very specific way, that he would bless him, that he himself would be the father of nations, of many people, that he would give him a land and a name, and he would be great. Because the seed that was promised to Adam and Eve was going to go through Abraham. That's God's promise to him. And so, it goes from Abraham to Isaac. Finally, God, and I'm not saying that flippantly, uh, in, in the eyes of Sarah and Abraham, finally, they had a son that was the son that was promised. Now, here it says often, Jesus, when he first, or, or God, when he first encounters or comes to uh, Abraham in this particular event 
He says, take your son, your only son. And you say, wait a minute, Abraham had another son. His name was Ishmael. But that was not according to God's will. That was not the promised son. So God did not see Ishmael as his son. He was a son of another woman. And so he was right. God rightly characterized him in more than one time in this event. He said, your only son, your only son. Isaac was, in God's eyes, Abraham's only son. And God was faithful to Abraham to, to deliver him, I mean, to give him Isaac and to take care of him and to get, take him through all that he had gone through, all the crises that he went through uh, up until this point. And this is later in Abraham's life. And so, way back, God had taken Abraham out and said, look at the stars. And he said, I will make your children like the stars. And Abraham believed him, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he made a very strong point, four times, by the way, up to this point. God had repeated this promise, had repeated this covenant to him. And he made it very clear near the end of that, that it had to be through Isaac. It had to be through Isaac that these innumerable people, these nations would come. Abraham had that promise. He believed that promise. And by the time this happened, he lived that promise. He counted on it. So was he prepared for this? Apparently at this point, he was. But God tested him anyway. Abraham had not seen Isaac yet have many children. So it was still in his future, but he believed it. By the way, in Galatians 3, if you, if you read that, you and your seed, Galatians 3, Paul makes it very clear that when he says seed, he's talking about a singular person. Seed there is singular. If you want to read that in Galatians 3, you can. He makes it very clear that we're talking about one person here, not millions of people, as it would finally be. I'll read it to you. Galatians 3, he says, 16. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scripture does not say, and to seeds, plural, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. It's very clear that there was only going to be one seed who was the fulfillment of the promise, and that was Jesus Christ. But in order to get to Jesus Christ, it had to go through Isaac. Very clear, right? So, God came to Moses, I mean, God came to Abraham and said, sacrifice your son. Abraham obeyed. He got up the next morning, he took the stuff that he needed, he went with, he took Isaac, he told them to stay, to the, his two servants, to stay where they were. We'll go on a little bit further. Does that sound a little familiar with Jesus in the garden? He told them to stay where you are. We're going to go on and worship and we are going to return to you. We are going to return to you. 
he believed that somehow, as it says in Hebrews, and I'll read this to you too. Abraham believed that somehow God, even if he killed Isaac, that God somehow was going to raise him from the dead and he would still be the father of the seed. Here it says in Hebrews eleven seventeen, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Repeated to hear again. One and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. But did that diminish what Abraham must have gone through that night after what God told him? And the three days that it took to get to the area of Moriah, what was going through Abraham's mind? His faith was tested, no question about it. He believed the promise, but now his faith in that promise would be tested. And Isaac, there's so many things in here. Um, Isaac carried the wood for his own for his own sacrifice to be a burnt offering. Jesus, there's some, a lot of similarities here. Jesus carried his own cross. Um, Isaac willingly submitted to his father. He didn't pro What's funny about Abraham is he didn't say a thing to God. When, he, when God said he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot, along his nephew and Lot, along with everyone, he pleaded with, with God. He, he bargained with God. But here he didn't. He didn't say a thing, at least recorded here. He accepted it. And Isaac did the same thing. When, when you read that, when, it said, when he said, okay, I've got the wood here. <laughs> and he, what's going through his mind, right? Oh, he's got the, we got the wood here, Father. And you've got the, and, and, Lord, and Father, I know you're 100 years old. So uh, did, we, did we forget something here? Um, so, okay, that was my little interpretation there. Uh, but he said, Father, um, we have the wood, we have the fire, we have the knife, but where's the lamb? And Abraham said, God will provide the lamb. And so he accepted that. I'm sure he was going, hmm, that's a little strange. <laughs> okay, but they're going on. And Abraham prepares the altar, puts the wood on it, and then he binds his son. He binds his son, and his son did not uh, resist. Jesus willingly was arrested and tried and went to the cross. He submitted to that. Isaac submitted to his father. At that point, he knew that he was a sacrifice. But he didn't. He didn't say, wait a minute. <laughs> this is not right. He accepted it, didn't he? What was going through Isaac's mind? The comparisons. 
between uh, Isaac and Jesus um, are very good here. I think we could look at a few of them. He was his father's only son. God was the only begotten son. I mean, Jesus was the only begotten son of his father. Three times in that text, it says, your only son. God said, your son whom you love, take your son whom you love, your only son, and sacrifice him. Abraham dearly loved his son. God the Father dearly loved his son, Jesus. In sacrifice of his own life, Isaac willingly obeyed his father, and so did Jesus. He didn't protest. What love he must have had for Abraham to accept that. What faith must he have had that his father somehow knew what he was doing, was doing the right thing. That somehow it would be okay. Now this is not, this is Isaac's faith, not Abraham's faith. How many times did you see in the, in the Bible, the, the period of the kings, how many times did a son follow in the footsteps of his father in faith? Didn't see it very often, did you? Isaac did. Isaac, the story of Isaac later on, he followed right along with his father in faith, in the covenant, taking the covenant upon himself, God transferring the covenant to Isaac. And he lived through that. He made the same mistakes as his father did. But God was faithful in that with Isaac. And Isaac, in faith, carried through with what God had given him to do. But that's where the similarity, at least, the comparison there, has to end. Because Isaac could not die for anyone. Right. Jesus could and did. You see, Isaac didn't know what was coming. It's pretty much of a shock, I'm sure, when, when he bound him and put him on top of that, that wood. Jesus knew all along what was going to happen to him. Jesus came anyway. He came to earth as a lowly servant. He emptied himself of being in equality with God. He didn't count it as something to be grasped. He gave it up to become a man. How did he come? About as lowly as you can come, as a baby in a manger. He came anyway. He went to the cross anyway, though knowing fully how he would suffer. He also did not protest, uh, not really in the garden. He didn't protest. He just said, is there any other way? He willingly submitted to his father's will, just as Isaac did. Funny that there is a similarity. He helped in the preparation of his own sacrifice. Isaac allowed himself to be bound and, and he carried his own wood to the altar 
Jesus allowed himself to be arrested and carried his own cross, as we said. However, Jesus was also the ram. Isaac wasn't. See, there's where we take the next step with our Savior, our Lord, because he was the lamb. He was the substitute for our deaths. He was the atoning sacrifice for our sins. The ram was caught by his horns. You know, horns has a symbol of power. That power was taken away from the ram. He was forced by God's doing uh, to be that sacrifice. Jesus wasn't. He humbled himself. He became as a helpless baby. Because of his great love, in love, he fulfilled that promise. He was the promised seed. He obeyed his father. He led a sinless life. He led his disciples and taught them his truth. The living word gave us the written word. In love, he sacrificed himself. Yeah, he didn't just go to the cross and die in our place. He gave up his place in heaven to become a helpless baby so that we might be saved. Becoming a man just like you and me. So therefore he could be, as we read today in our liturgy, he could represent us and become a, uh, a substitution for us. Do you believe all that? Do you believe in the promised one? If you do, then like Abraham and Isaac, you will be saved. Pretty simple message, isn't it? So, what do you do with that? If you're already saved, if you already believe that, let's do what we've been doing this morning. We adore him. We lift him up. We praise him. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for your willingness to send your son. We don't know the agony that you might have experienced in sending your son to the cross. We'll never know, I suppose. But Lord, we do know what Jesus did for us willingly. In love, because of his great love, he saved us. We thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for this message today. We thank you for this example of great faith by both Abraham and Isaac. We thank you, Lord, for um, we, just who you are. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.